ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Back to Truck Up podcast. I'm James Rooster Bowen. I'm here with Justin Super Trucker Martin. And before we get started, I want to thank OTR Solutions for sponsoring this podcast. Their factoring programs and solutions have taken supporting truck companies to a whole new level. I could do a whole podcast and everything these guys bring to the table, and that's the success stories that have come from working with them. But for now, head on over to otrsolutions.com slash BTU to learn more and de- connect with a dedicated back to truck up team. Justin, how are we doing today, sir? Doing all right. Got that uh, hurricane coming at me, but uh, we're not too worried about it. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, today we're joined by Burnett Fortson of Fortson uh, Trucking. Uh, how are you doing today, sir? Hey, guys. I'm doing fine. I appreciate it. Thank you for being here. It's <laughs> awesome. Uh, Burnett, uh, give us a little uh, brief history on your background. I uh, believe you were in uh, the military before you decided to become a truck driver. Yes, sir. That's correct. I spent 11 years in the military. I had one break in service in which I, at that point, decided to get my CDL. Didn't like um, trucking so much at that time because I was a youngster, still really in love with the military. So I elected to go back in the military and serve another six years. So I have a total of 11 years in the military and um, did an array of logistics works and assignments while I was in the military. So that's where my background comes to head and had me have me into the trucking industry right now that's interesting you said that uh, you got out and then went into truck driving and then you, you were too young to really appreciate it at the time all we hear about from trucking companies right now is this supposed truck driver shortage and we're always screaming back to them like no it's not a shortage it's a retention problem um what do you think was happening at the time that kept companies from retaining you at the, where you were at at that time I think for me, it was more so um, they had me as a shuttle driver and I, um, as far as monthly or weekly pay, the numbers didn't add up for me at that particular point in time. And I was kind of just thrusted in a truck and given, you know, a CDL and didn't have much to stand on in, in regards to learning the business. So with my love and passion for serving my country, and I went back into the military because that's why I saw that I had more worth and value at my life in my life at that particular time. Hmm. Do you think, do you see that also being a problem right now with um, companies not being able to hold on to new drivers? They just have other things going on right now that are taking precedent over, you know, sticking it through truck driving in the beginning. Well, most of the, in in my opinion, most of the larger companies, you know, look to these guys as just a a number or a body in a truck. So there's no um, concern or commitment to the individual driver itself at most of the companies. So mm-hmm. that's where you have a lot of the retention program because a lot of guys want to make a lifestyle mold and fit around trucking, whereas it don't work that way. You have to make the trucking fit your lifestyle. But it's hard for a lot of younger guys and guys in general, period, to make that work-life balance when it comes to trucking. Yeah, I, I see this all the time where, you know, I'm sure with all of us, you know, truck driving wasn't the first career path that we were thinking about going forward. But, you know, I got into truck driving just before the 2008 recession. And so times were tough and I needed a job and this was like a pretty good opportunity. And so that's what I took. But I think at least today, anyway, there's a lot wages in general are higher than they were back in, back in those days, but trucking hasn't really kept up with the rate, the the rate increases, you know? So if you're making, say $40,000 a year as a truck driver, uh, but you got to live that truck driver lifestyle and you could be making 
$38,000 a year at a local job, but you're, you know, but you're home every night. You know, I, I, I definitely see guys, you know, taking the lower pay, but with, with the better lifestyle. Of course. So what made you switch from, you know, so, oh, so let's, let's go back here. So you went, you were in the military, you got out, got your CDL back in the military and you got out again. Uh, where were you working uh, once you got out of the military again? Well, once I got out of the military, I did it. You know, I, I was, my background in the military was, was logistics. So I got out of the military and didn't really know or have a direction. Still knew I had a CDL, you know, at hand, but I didn't really want to get into trucking. So I uh, had a, got a job as a warehouse manager at a facility. Um, I was a warehouse supervisor for UPS. I did inside sales management position. Um, so with about three different jobs from the time I got out to the time I actually bought my first truck, um, that's kind of what my background entails. Burnett, uh, when you got your first truck, did you uh, take out a loan to get it through a bank or did you sign up with a carrier as a lease purchase program? Uh, how did you accomplish that? Well, guys, it's, you know, it's a funny thing. You know, when I first got my first truck, you know, I was at work one day and one of my best friends came to my office and told me that he'd make $1,000 a week as a temp driving trucks. And I was like, no, you, clearly you don't make that kind of money. Well, he went out to his car, got his check stuff, came back in my office and showed it to me. And that was August of 2015. And in November of 2015, I had a International Pro Star sitting in my front yard waiting to get tagged, taxes paid and everything to get out and start out on my own. So to answer your question, I didn't do a lease purchase program. I took savings that I had in the bank and went and just did a regular commercial uh, loan for my first truck. Yeah. Uh, if you have great credit, if you have anything like that, uh, uh, please try to avoid the, the lease purchases through like the make carriers and all that. It is far too much for what the value of the truck. I, I could test it at myself. That's kind of how I started off. Uh, uh, what brought you to over the OTR solutions? Uh, you know, our, our great sponsor here, they have a full package of support systems from, uh, setting up business emails to, uh, factoring solutions to, uh, helping you get loads with load boards. Uh, how did, how did you, uh, come to know them? Well, you know, when I apply for my authority, of course, you know, that's public record. So, the factoring companies, insurance companies, everybody see when that new MC or DOT number hits the, the Federal Motor Carriers uh, website. So you get a lot of calls from a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So I got a phone call from this guy named John Landrum with OTR, and he started speaking to me about factoring. Well, I'm new to trucking. I used to help my friends, you know, manage their trucks because, you know, they would call me and say, hey, Burnett, how how much fuel do I need to run a load from point A to point B? What is it going to cost me? So I would sit at my desk and fact, figure those things out, stuff like that. But when John called me, he started explaining to me what factoring was. So it was kind of no brainer because, you know, I put all the money I had in my savings into the down payment and taxes and everything else to get this truck on the road. So I needed to get revenue kind of instantly to keep the yeah. truck going. So, uh, that's how I got linked up with OTR. Yeah, I know that feeling. Uh, I like I like using the quote from uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. You know, I had seven dollars in my pocket when I started out. So, <laughs> getting the, getting on getting out of the training and all, or 
orientation, getting everything signed off where I can get the rolling was like my number one concern. So I, I understand that situation fully. Uh, going in with OTR, uh, have you have you like being a, a customer there of theirs yourself? You know, uh, uh, what programs have they offered that you you see yourself using uh, every day? Well, you know, I'll, I'll just back up a little bit, guys. You know, um, it's funny because OTR is like family to me because they're local to Atlanta. So I'm here south of Atlanta. So I'm able to go into the office and meet and greet and talk with people that I've actually built relationships with. But in the early beginning, you know, of trucking, you know, I really had no basis or knowledge of really what I was doing. I just knew I was out there, you know, got an account with DAT and I was booking loads on the load board and, you know, I had a very instrumental account manager that actually hand walked me through, you know, uploading my bills to the uh, portal. And, you know, 24 hours later, I was having deposits made into my account. But uh, at that point, you know, as OTR grew with different solutions and stuff like that, you know, they um, were very instrumental in my growth. You know, guys, I, I don't brag or boast about this, but I started with one truck in 2000. Uh, 15 at the end of 15 started with one truck and went to four trucks in a matter of three and a half years so i went from Mm -hmm. from one truck to four trucks and we turned over a million dollars of freight invoices in the year of 2021 so there was a lot of things that otr with the partnership that they have with uh, Marquee Group, the insurance. And, you know, I was able to get these additional trucks through their trucking financing program called Truckify. So these guys just have been very instrumental in way of my growth and professionalism and things of that nature that I bring to the industry, that my company brings to the industry. You know, now, you know, they're doing websites for us to give us a real cutting edge professional look so that when brokers contact us, they looking for a, a dot com and not a at Yahoo or <laughs> at email or whatever. So when they look at me or they do a search of Google, they see forceandlogistics.com. Wow. OK. And, you know, the, the website looks to par and, you know, we we service to par as well. I would say yeah. there's definitely something to brag about because, you know, like I said, I never had the stomach for taking on that kind of risk. But, you know, it's as you point out, you know, opportunities are out there, you know, anyone, anyone can get into this and really, um, you know, succeed. So walk me through that because, you know, like I said, I was always a company driver. What are other, other than, you know, the, the big numbers that you're throwing out here, what are like some of the benefits of going the path you went down versus, you know, what I did were, you know, just stand as a company driver. Well, the, the main difference for me, you know, that I think the difference between a company driver is you, you're at complete control of your destiny and your path. So that's the grave difference for, for me as a company driver for a big operation as to an own operator. Now, there's more risk and uh, in being your own entity. And, you know, when I got started, guys, I didn't I didn't know to save or put money back up for uh, maintenance issues or anything. So that first breakdown, guys, it, it bankrupt me. So, God, I know that feeling. I, you know, I didn't literally have to file bankruptcy, but I took the last four thousand dollars in my account and I went and bought another truck because I saw 
you know, let me not keep putting money in this pitfall right here. Let me just take the last bit I got in my savings and go buy another truck. So that's what I did. And then when I got the second truck, you know, things got better. Uh, OTR has another partner uh, uh, with them that's called the uh, Nolan Transportation. So I've worked with Nolan Transportation from day one since inception. So, you know, like when you first get in this business, you're limited into who you can run loads for and stuff like that. So the benefit of OTR, you get a right to run loads with NTG, Nolan Transportation, immediately. So I linked up with a, a broker on that side that was very instrumental in making sure that I ran my truck and I had good loads and stuff like that. And, you know, I've always made myself an extension of who's helping me. So, you know, the relationship that I built with Nolan Transportation, anywhere I went as far as shippers and receivers, you know, I wanted to carry their name, you know, with me in high regards because no matter what, if I'm if I look good and doing a good job, then that broker still going to get that lane from that customer. So it made it, you know, I, 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 you know, out of all the brokers that's out here, I may only do work with 20 different ones, if that many. Um, but if I look at my back office with OTR, there's only about seven or eight different invoiced brokers that I have in my um, outstanding revenue. Yeah, it's a small world out there with social media and email and everyone being, you know, connected with their phones in their pockets. Your reputation, you know, if you start doing well right from the beginning, you know, that, that can carry on with you forever. Um, what were some of the first what were some of the first like big mistakes you made uh, stepping into this? Well, one of the first big mistakes, not knowing that I need to have a reserve account, you know, and a reserve account means like that I learned a couple of years ago. You know, no matter you have to pay your company first. So, mm-hmm. you know, what that means is you need to take 10, 20 percent of the gross revenue from a load. Say, for instance, a load play two thousand dollars Well, you want to take two hundred dollars of that money and put it in a savings account. And not knowing that I needed to do that to incur expenses and stuff like that, then, you know, if you just going and coming day to day, running your operation and not putting anything back, you're setting yourself up for failure. And, you know, it takes a minute to build business credit. So once you start getting established with business credit, that helps you along the way as well. But, you know, to have the backbone of your own money sitting to be able to help you keep going, you know, I learned to do that through OTR as well. Yeah, one thing I I preach hard on uh, new guys getting into the business is please set yourself with a professional email. Not Don't use a, doc, a, a Gmail or Yahoo or something like that. Please go give a, a G Suite account, get a business email, something like that. It's not that expensive. Uh, please do the little bit of paperwork you have to do to put yourself on 411. It's not that much, and I, sometimes you do that for free. And get your Dunn's number. Go to Dunn and Bradstreet. Fill out that little bit of form. Get your Dunn's number. Get your business credit started, because if you don't, everything is going to go to your personal credit, and you <laughs> You're going to be wondering a couple of years down the line why you can't afford to finance a, a washing machine down at the, you know, the, the local local appliance store, you know. If you're 30 years old, don't be using the same email address you've been using since you were 14. Right. <laughs> we talked a little bit like about that with uh, the guys at OTR when we visited their office a few months back. And yeah, it's... <laughs> Yeah, a lot of millennials out there, they had the internet uh, early on in their lives and 
you know, you have that same AOL or Yahoo account and that thing can haunt you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when drivers get into being a, a owner operator, sometimes they like to pick a certain type of freight to run. Now, some people like to do general drive van. Some people like to go into refrigerator. Some people like to do flatbed. Uh, even if you do drive van, there's certain freight people like to pull. Some people, you know, like what I was doing, I like pulling uh, parts and equipment. I would pick up at uh, Port Charles of South Carolina, go to Cummins, uh, pick up the cooling units, is what they call them, the radiators, the the big ho- the hoses going to, to and from the engine. You'd pick up a load of those and haul those across the country to Seattle to the big Kenworth plant. Uh, going through that, you know, uh, going back to the email, you know, uh, uh, OTR Solutions Elevate pr- uh, product. They do a good job of that. Uh, you know, it's really cost effective to get your own personal email set up. Being an owner operator, what freight do you particularly like y- yourself and your company to pull, Burnett? Well, I learned very early on, you know, we had a, a down year in 2017 as we're having right now, but I'll speak on the now, but I'm going to go back to the past. So uh, I learned very early on to carry recession proof freight. Mm. So a lot of people might question, well, what is recession proof freight? Well, we have to eat. That's one. So when I what I call recession proof freight is commodities that consumable commodities. So like right now in present, I carry a lot of animal feed and water. That's probably 90 percent of the commodity that's on my uh, dry van loads is animal feed uh, and water. Um, Not so much as the uh, grocery stores, but even when I first started early on, I did a lot of stuff to Publix, to CS Grocers, to to a lot of the, you know, grocery store warehouses, because I saw where those loads kind of always moved regardless of what was going on, especially back in 2017. So that kind of resonated and stuck with me throughout present. So I always look for those lanes or that freight that's uh, consumable goods, whether it's you know, for animals or human consumption, because the stuff is not going to stay on the shelf. It's going to be used. So we're going to have to resupply. So that's kept my trucks moving. Yeah, I know uh, certain certain types of freight get more prevalent over this year. You know, uh, uh, during the spring, you see some a lot of produce freight, which goes to foodstuffs, you know, that'll uh, go into canned goods. That'll be, you know, going hauling back to the Walmart distribution center, stuff like that. Uh, as you go through the summer, you start to get into more of your general parts and machinery freight. Then the fall of the year comes through, you'll get into, you know, all that Christmas freight, all those holiday uh, ornaments and all that stuff that has to be hauled. That's, uh, you know, you can't really sit on one type of freight constantly through the year. You do have to watch it. You do have to evolve with it, you know. Uh, uh, going on through, uh, one of the biggest things I had problems with, uh, is you know fuel cost of fuel that roller coaster ride up and down uh, uh how's otr solutions helped you burnett um with your fuel fuel card situation your fuel solutions well you know early on when i linked up with uh, otr i didn't have a fuel card and a solution for fuel so i was introduced to that fuel card program so basically what we were doing we were taking fuel advances offer every load that it took to um, deliver the freight. So, and that kept our fuel costs in check because at the, you know, I was able to do the calculations based on the miles and the 
um, miles per gallon that the truck got. So, you know, if a, a shipment was paying us 1700 and we was going down to Florida, I knew back then um, $450 would actually get that truck down there and back as far as the fuel cost is concerned. But we're talking about diesel prices back in 2017 <laughs> was probably under three bucks a gallon, yeah. if I can remember correctly. Uh, but we're not at that point now. So to help with my fuel costs and things of that nature now, you know, I have my cars capped at 100 gallons per day with my drivers. So, you know, that helps me with budgeting. And I know that my lane is Georgia to Florida. That's pretty much 98% of the way I run. Georgia to Florida, I take shorter trips, um, six hours, seven hours max. So I know on that round trip, 800 miles that, you know, that truck should be able to go to Florida and back for 500 bucks with a few costs as high as it is right now. So essentially what I'm saying is like uh, you, you, you have to learn how to budget in this business really quick. So if, if I was running all over God's green earth, then my fuel bill one week might come in <laughs> lower than it may come in the next week. And, oh, and yeah. you know, when rates start getting squeezed tight and then your fuel is started going up, then you're in a bind. You don't, you don't, you don't really understand where the money went to, but it went in a few tanks because now you're going, you're still going further distance, but you got a higher fuel cost and you got less on the line haul. So now you're upside down. So for me, you know, I just tell any guy out there, guy, gal out there, you know, look at your distance, uh, tighten that down, take shorter trips and, you know, cap your fuel as best as you can and pretty much try to stay in that market of travel because, the one thing I did learn in this business um, is that once you are running a same a particular lane, you see the same brokers that are in that lane, even on the DAT board. You can pull up, you know, Georgia to Florida, and it's certain certain brokers have those lanes on lockdown. So what I learned was that I would ask that broker to, hey, do you run this quite frequently? I kind of see this load on the board, you know, every week. And I was just asking, hey, can I dedicate my truck to that one load? If it's the one load a week, at least I know every mm. Wednesday I need to be back in Georgia to run that one load back down to Florida or what have you. So it's just, it, you know, it helped me build relationships and build a lane presence that now, you know, I have brokers just calling me because they know my trucks are down there. Out of all the brokers that I'm registered with, when they got freight either going to Florida or coming out of Florida, I get inundated with emails because they know that that's my lane of of choice and then when you do the carrier packets people don't understand that when you put those lanes in those carrier packets when they need a a a truck they do a search in their database to see who what carriers are running those lanes based on who's already set up with them so you know do your due diligence and fill out those carrier packets truth as possible because you're going to get phone calls when you don't even know you're going to get them asking you can you run the load from point a to point b or do you mm-hmm. particularly have a truck in a certain area i'm like uh how you know i run that area well it's because i feel out a carrier packet before and i put that lane of choice in there so that's how they know yeah we're seeing um the length of length of travel with a lot of these loads going down and you spelled it out very well there you know for me it was it's always hard to like really track all this stuff because I never really had to pay attention to any of it. I, you know, did my routes and never had to, had to worry about that. But yeah, the, the days of, you know, guys looking for runs going coast to coast, that's done because even if you get fuel on the East coast cheaper, 
by the time you get to California, I mean, geez, this summer we saw some places as high as $8 a gallon, you know? So what's the point of even running out there if you got to fill up when you get there? Yeah. Yeah. One of the big things about being an owner operator, uh, getting that dedicated broker, that dedicated lane. I mean, that's like, you know, that's the dream and that's the, you know, guaranteed income almost as long as, you know, keep your nose clean, keep the, keep everybody in, in the, in that loop satisfied, you know, uh, of, Taking things over, you know, we're in the digital age now. Everything's on a, a, a phone, a tablet. I mean, you know, back when I got started, you know, we had those big uh, legal letter page, you know, the 18, but they're the eight inch by 16 inch log books, you know, you had to fill out. Now everything's on your phone and app. Uh, how's working with OTR Solutions and their app based products uh, helped you out? Well, I mean, they have a lot of different, um, you know, it's funny because we did a, a, a focus group with OTR, I believe, I think it was late last year and they was, were you know, asking about a name change because they wanted to do something different to encompass everything that they bring to the table for their carriers. So, you know, everybody in the room was brainstorming, you know, what name to, they should, you know, change to or whatnot. And, you know, guys, I don't like to say, you know, toot my own horn, but I just said solutions because I felt like, Everything that they've shown me in my short period of time with my success um, and everything that they keep bringing to the table to help a small independent carrier, you know, it's a no brainer to get with these guys. I'm not sure what other products and services that other factoring companies offer, but I've never heard anybody that brings as much value to the table as OTR Solutions. So, you know, when I look at my, you know, they are my front office and my back office. You know, I'm training or teaching my 17-year-old son now how to upload invoices. You know, if he don't get to college and play basketball, that's his hopes and aspirations and dreams mm-hmm. are. His, his second passion and love right now is looking to go get his CDL and follow dad's footsteps in that regard. So, you know, with him him being so tech savvy, you know, he's on my um, login portal with OTR, man, and he's blowing through it. And he's like, Dad, did you see this on there? You know, they have tell you the cents per mile going in other different directions and, you know, what the lane was paying. I say, yes, I've seen those things. But, you know, to, to have a 17-year-old to be able to go in there and navigate their portal, you know, just doing so, simple things for me, uploading invoices while, you know, I'm in and out of the truck, you know, it, it's a win-win situation, man. They just lay it all out for you with like icing on a cake so that you can't, I'm not going to say you can't fail being a partner with OTR, but they make it so much so that they put all your numbers in front of you. They show you what you're doing. You know, like if you invoice a factor, a thousand invoices for the month of January and then February, your numbers, your invoice count comes down. They're showing you your your trends. So if you follow your own trends and then you say, well, wait a minute, we, we, we are lighter here than we was here. What did I do differently? You can just look through their your portal. And you can find those shortfalls or those pitfalls and figure out real easily what did you do from one month to the next. And if you like the month that you did three months ago, then go back in that area of your portal and look at that. And then you can add that to the next month or to the current situation that you're in to get those numbers back to where they need to be. So, you know, for me, that's been a, a instru- very instrumental tool to actually just see what I'm doing on a month to month basis. And I know when those numbers come in, when I'm upside down or right side up. 
Yeah, you don't see too many 17-year-olds uh, you know, working with their dad like that, do they? If you haven't gone to otrsolutions.com slash BTU yet, here's your reminder. Not sure how to say it, but factoring these guys just makes sense. They're focused on driving your success and helping you grow your company. They've gone as far as offering custom business email address setups so you can negotiate better rates with brokers. There's just so much opportunity out there, and OTR is your ticket to success. So head on over to otrsolutions.com slash btu and check out their solutions. Uh, talking about, uh, you know, the markets, how everything, you know, you, you're telling us you ran the, you know, the I-75 lane, you know, Georgia to Florida. Florida is kind of a mess right now, uh, you know, with Hurricane Ian just going through South Florida, the down and through that reach from Tampa to Miami on up go through Jacksonville. That's going to kind of up in that market for a few weeks. Uh, how are you planning to work with that? Has uh, your brokers reached out to you or your shippers or receivers reached out to you to, to make plans and alterations? Well, again, I have another dedicated lane that I've been running for over two years now, and it's a local Georgia lane from Gainesville to Macon. So that's kind of my bread and butter in lieu of going you know, to my Florida lane. So the dedicated work that we got in Florida, you know, I, I'm my prayers go out to the guys down in, you know, Florida and this hurricane that devastated Florida. But even the commodities that we're carrying down into Florida with another dedicated lane is building materials. So guess what, guys? <laughs> <laughs> Business is booming. <laughs> so I might have to go get some more trucks to accommodate these guys because all the, the, the devastation that has happened down there. So, you know, I just feel like, you know, when I look at, where I've been placed into this transportation world, you know, I got friends that say, you know, man, everything you touch turn to go. You, you, I know you guys remember the Midas touch, the Midas man, mm-hmm. uh, oh. that commercial. So he kind of remind me of being one of that person. And I just say it's all because of the man upstairs. You know, I'm a firm believer in, you know, you do right by people, good things that happen. But, you know, we take, we take building materials down there on the dedicated lane of Florida. So, we already have loads already in the shoot for next week prepped and ready to go down. So again, you know, I follow the trends of what's going on. Did, did, you know, and as we all know, the construction market is booming right now. So why not accept the dedicated lane of, of building material? It was a no brainer for me because I know that that industry is dead set and locked right now for months, years to come. And sometimes you have to ebb and flow, as you guys stated earlier to the trends and what the market is doing, but you have to be foresighted enough to see those trends to not fall behind. Yeah. I mean, trucking is essential to just about everything because everything comes on a truck. So no matter what the work is, it's got to get there by a truck. So the trucks are always going to be in need for everything. You know, it might not be, you know, this month or this quarter, but you know, nobody saw this hurricane coming two weeks ago. Um, and now this is a, a golden opportunity for guys that are still, you know, operating in this lane or in this area. Right. Correct. Let's talk about the tools in the toolkit. You know, it's not just, uh, you know, uh, make sure you have fuel, your, your fuel card, you know, uh, that solution and all, you know, OTR solutions has their capital fuel card. Uh, how, how do you, what do you use to judge the markets? Uh, do you have a, a preferred software solution? You know, back to truck ups part of the Freightways family. We have our uh, sonar product, which, you know, it's a great product. It lets you uh, monitor lanes, you know, daily, hourly changes and all that. Uh, what kind of solutions do you use, uh, uh, Burnett? 
well, really, you know, like I said, I stay inside the OTR portal. When I look in here, I, I look at they have a, a tab for reports and analysis or analytics. And, you know, you can click on that, get your fuel breakdown, uh, your fuel uh, per, per gallon maps and the OTR uh, rate per mile map. So they, you know, I pretty much use their tools, but for me personally, as a for, from a business perspective, you know, I just keep my trucks in Georgia, down the Flo- central Florida area. So I pretty much know with the back of my hand without even using a lot of uh, extra stuff outside of what is put in front of me, um, the different platforms. You know, I just use that because I can see where I need to be as far as, you know, how long it's going to take to get there, breakdown costs. Um, you know, it, it's not ineffective for me to have a truck towed from Florida back up here to Georgia because we're not <laughs> that far away because I don't know who hand the truck is going to be in down in Florida. But if I have a breakdown in Florida and it's something that's just so major that we can't fix on the side of the road, then I'll pay the expense to have that truck back up to my personal mechanic and let them work those uh, differences or issues that's out with the truck. But, um, you know, you have to learn your areas of where uh, area of travel you know, when you're traveling all over the world, you don't know anything. You're at the beck of Joe, whoever, shop, or, you know, it doesn't matter. You you kind of get stuck out there with what is to come. Yeah, how has it been uh, with, you know, the current state of parts shortages and, you know, increased theft right now? Do you have, um, you know, guys reporting to you that, uh, you know, someone's looking at our truck or, you know, potential parts uh, missing here and there? Well, we we've ran into those issues, but God, I, you know, I have an A one mechanic. He's on my actual. He works out of my yard, so you know, I have my trucks PM according to the you know fifteen to twenty thousand mile threshold. So preventive maintenance, man. You know, and a lot of owner operators, I didn't I didn't understand preventive maintenance when I first got in this business. So as I learned to grow, I learned the the importance of the preventive maintenance. So. You know, your speed codes and those, you know, 15, 20 minute lube oil change places, that's not preventive maintenance, which I thought it was when I first got in the business. <laughs> so I learned oh, very quickly. Oh, there's a lot more to it. <laughs> yeah, I learned very quickly that they're not adjusting brakes. They're not, you know, pulling on belts and looking at, you know, the, all the rest of the stuff on the truck. So, you know, I tell, you know, I tell guys now and, I, you know, people that's listening to this podcast, Find you a good mechanical, sh- you know, shop that you can trust. Somebody that can actually go through, put their hands on your drive shaft, put their hands on your brake chambers, whatever it is that's gonna fail you out there on the road. You just don't want to let the fifteen minute oil change place be your answer to your preventive maintenance because that's not because you're gonna have right. a breakdown. It's more to the truck than oil and water. Yeah, yeah. Once you once you made it that far, it's it's uh it's too late. Yeah, if you go and buy looking at shops and you see express service stuff like that, you know, all they're there for is to get you in and out and click and you know leave you with that you know hundred twenty hundred fifty dollar hour labor bill and you just make you know it's, it's piecework. You know, it's more trucks to get through, the more money they can make. Find you oh, yeah. a good independent mechanic. You know, really, I would rather have a guy that had a work truck and no shopper business that can come to me rather than having a you know a big fancy four bay garage you know but uh 
prevent to go back around the preventive maintenance. It is not what the mega carriers do is what you need to do when you're owner operator. Running your truck through a shop once a year and just hitting it with a grease gun in three or four spots, that don't cover it. You know, changing the oil, you know, every hundred thousand miles is is not it's not what you can do when that truck's in your name. You know, they got tens of thousands of trucks. Once break down, uh, just clean your stuff out and go to the next truck. But when you're owner operator and that's your truck, your only truck, you got to do a whole lot more work in maintaining it. You got to, you know, like, uh, like Burnett said, you got to pull on the belts. You got to crawl up under it. You got to check, check the brakes yourself. You got to check the wiring yourself, the air hoses, make sure it's not leaking. It's a lot more hands-on when you become an owner-operator yourself. Definitely, most most definitely. Uh, and to expand on that, you know, I think we I think we hit on uh, uh, banks and breakdowns before. You know, right before I joined Freight Waves, I was in Denver, Colorado. My truck was in the shop at Transwest Truck and RV with uh, a wonderful thing called uh, diesel exhaust fluid. You know, DF <laughs> nozzles the gender went out and. I think you may have had some experience with that, but, you know, the injector went out and, you know, they got to tear the old passenger side of the truck off to get there. Then, you know, I had to sit in the shop for a week and a half waiting on parts. And, you know, while I'm sitting in that hotel, you know, can't sleep in the truck at the shop. You got to be in a hotel. And, you know, those things are, you know, $100 a night now. You know, it's easy to get, uh, <laughs> easy to get yourself in a hole. Uh if you ever had like a major breakdown, uh, Burnett, you know, a, a transmission go out, an engine go out, you know, that's twenty that twenty thousand, thirty thousand dollars. Uh, would you consider yourself financially stable enough to take a hit like that, or you know, would a, would you need to look for outside outside financing sources? You know, there's there's repair financing out there, but you got to be real careful about you know, make sure you, the terms are correct, the interest rate are correct, you know, that way. You, you know, you're not making them money. Well, to answer your question, you know, I had a, it's, it's the freakiest thing that happened to us. You know, one of the trucks was down for uh, just a regular service and mechanic got ready to give it back to me and the truck would not crank. <laughs> and, <laughs> and when I tell you guys, my mechanic, he, you know, he has my service records. He know when those trucks and he work on my yard right across from where I park my trucks. So he said, uh, he called me, he said, hey, did you do anything to this truck? And I was like, no, what's wrong? I said, you just PM'd it, right? He said, yes, I did. He said, but it won't crank. Well, I went to the truck that morning and doing my, doing the uh, pre-trip, I noticed no water was in the, the coolant reservoir. So I'm like, well, he just did a PM yesterday. Why is no water here? So lo and behold, um, the jacket around the head fell. So mm. all my coolant went into the block. Luckily, mm. that truck was sitting still, and that Ooh. failure happened while it wasn't on the road. So, guys, yes, I, I had to buy, uh, pay for a rebuild on the engine. It cost me about $40,000 at the beginning of this Oof. year. But, you know, like I like to lean on OTR. And, I, you know, again, you know, I learned to they have a uh, program built in where you can actually have them to take out whatever percentage you want them to take out of your money out of your factory invoices with them. So I had them taking out like 20% of every invoice that I factored with them. So, you know, we're running good. That account kind of builds up pretty nicely. And it was nothing for me to call my accountant and say, hey, I need $40,000. And they just 
wired it to me or uh, ACH it right to my account. So that was one of the things that I didn't know about. And I just heard a conversation about it in one of our focus factor groups that they have. And I said, well, that was something I never knew about, but I want to get involved in it because I knew how instrumental it would be to just save money. I don't touch it. They they have the money in their hands first. So if I just take this 20 percent out of every invoice, then I know I got something to back me up because I know as an owner operator, it's just so hard. You know, every nickel and dime is accounted for. But if you, you know, go through OTR and ask your account manager to set you up with that uh, escrow reserve account and they're taking that 20 percent, then you learn how to live without that 20 percent, because when you need that 20 percent to help you. As I did in early part of this year, it was there and I got that truck fixed with no problems and kept moving. Yeah, it's a super instrumental having that in your reserve. Um, so you're a fleet operator now. How many drivers do you have working under you? Right now I have it's, it's three of us total. I have a total of uh, six trucks. You know, I got three sitting right now because of the industry and what the market is doing because um, it's just more cost effective with where the rates are. Uh, and what the residual after I have to pay all my expenses to a driver plus fuel and pay the truck, you know, it's just it, it's just not cost effective for me to run all six units. So has, um, has it been has it been difficult uh, finding good drivers to to run right now? Well, my I've had great great guys with me, and what I've learned was that you know friends of friends, you know, they have came and worked. And hung out with me, and and and, and that's how I built my organization. I, I, I kind of not not let people infiltrate me. That I, that's a total stranger. You need to know somebody on the team, and that's mm-hmm. worked out quite well for me because you know it, it, it's a family affair at that point. And versus letting a total stranger come on board, you don't know who they are, and you know people tend to motivate each other. So I got guys out on the team now, you know, they run back and forth to Ocala and they, well, how many you think you're going to turn this weekend? I bet you I can do go straight down and come straight back in my 10 hours. So, you know, they competitions <laughs> and stuff like that, yeah. you know, it, it, it's a family affair. So that's my recipe for success. That's not all. Everybody can say that. But I found that, you know, my drivers know someone that wants to come on board. If they know that person, you can kind of. Let that driver that know them, they'll hold them to a standard like, hey, my name is on the line. I got you over here. So don't 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 do wrong. Stay right. You know, so that's been it's been an easy find and catch for me. That's awesome. Yeah, we talked to other drivers in the past where, you know, it's getting kind of hard finding uh, experienced drivers right now, because I think um, it used to be the career path typically was you get hired at a mega carrier, you get your CDL through them and then you know, you pay that off and then you go work somewhere you know, where the grass is greener on the other side. But that pipeline has been drying up because nowadays, and you know, you were one of those until you changed your mind, people get into the industry, don't like how it's going. And then they just leave completely. You know, it's not that they quit that company and go somewhere else. They just stop driving a truck period. Right. Um, and, and what's going on now, you know, I got a, some friends in the industry. They're actually, considering shutting their trucks down because of, you know, the rates that are being paid and things of that nature. And I don't, you know, how can, how can you justify paying lower rates when fuel was at, you know, five bucks a gallon almost 
two months ago, rates weren't changed, but now the fuel comes down. Now the rates come down. Uh, mm -hmm. it, it's it's kind of backwards, but you know, I just say, you know, the broker and the carrier relationship is is a very instrumental relationship, and at some point, you know, they're gonna crash the market for everybody. You know, it's gonna hurt them as well as it hurt us, and we we need one another, but the relationships are not aligned like they should be to make it all work according to the industry standards. You know, you get offered rates to go a dollar seventy five cents a mile. How can you operate a truck off a dollar seventy five cents a mile? <laughs> yeah, you know that's good money to some stuff we've seen. We we've there's. You know, 95 cent out of Laredo, Texas has popped up a couple of times. And I'm like, what? Who takes loads like that? I mean, I mean, that, that's not good business acumen at all. I mean, one of the first things I learned was, you know, calculating my cost of cost of business. You know, how much do I need to make per mile? How much do I need to make per day to be successful? You know, uh, what my bottom line rate is and it's not going to be a dollar 95 you know i right. i really really did not like going below 250 personally but you know i was trucking in the era of the five dollar mile which you know maybe one day we'll see that again <laughs> well well you know i again i learned early on you know the cost of what it actually cost me to run a truck per mile you know with the insurance cost was inside of that per mile cost and a lot of guys don't break those numbers down all the way to the simple common mm -hmm. denominator so when you don't break those numbers down all the way to the simple common denominator and if you a carrier out there that's got a whole bunch of expenses then you're going to take that because what you need to move that truck because you need to generate revenue but not knowing but well, wait a minute i'm upside down after i finish this load but they don't they, they don't understand because no one has actually shown them how to break those numbers down they just see that gross number and say okay well i gotta run this truck because i got expenses going on but at the end of the day your expenses supersede that rate per mile that you are agreed upon and now you upside down and then at the end of the day you hurting the market for others because now those that are accepting the lower rates are actually you know tainting the market the wrong direction when it should be going north instead of south. Yeah, that talking point you just had about like, knowing the the cost of moving the truck, that's almost verbatim what uh, uh, a friend of mine and previous podcast guest, uh, Drew Epler, said. You know, he owned his own truck for a while and um, he got out of it. He ended up selling it because it's just, he had other dreams. You know, he was also a monster truck mechanic. So he had, you know, other, other things to go into, but that was something he uh, stressed a lot was, you know, anyone that wants to get into this, know how much it's going to cost you to run the truck. And I don't think enough guys, you know, calculate those, that, that, that number. And what people need to realize it's your cost of business is not just your business. You got to take your personal expenses also, you know, you know, are you making enough to make your mortgage paper? Are you making enough, you know, to keep the power on, you know, you got to think about that stuff. Then when you become a fleet owner, you got to think about your drivers up under, you got to think about, you know, am I, paying them enough for them to be happy to them to survive on you know mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people when they go in the business you know they do get a little bit cutthroaty but you know they need to step back and realize they're, they're human beings too 
you know, I may have been treated like a piece of meat by a meat grinder in the mega carriers, but I, you know, I'm an owner operator. I'm a business owner. I'm supposed to set the example for others to follow me, you know? Oh yeah. <clears throat> you know, <clears throat> I know I had a, a, my guys, we started a lane from Hartwell, Georgia to Ocala, Florida back in October of last year. And my drivers were making upwards of 3,500 a week straight, mm. you know, dropping and hooking. <laughs> and, uh, essentially, <laughs> essentially <laughs> you know, uh, one of the big carriers came in and, you know, underbid it, mm. the brokers that had it. Yeah. And, you know, of course we got kicked out, but you know, it was good while it lasted. Um, and, you know, I told my guys, I say, look, you're getting paid well, you know, make sure you grow from it, you know, whether it's financially or however, you just need to make sure you grow from it. And because it's not going to be the market always, you know, you guys are doing exceptionally well right now, but next year we might not be here. Um, so, you know, you, ha- you have to prepare yourself mentally for the ebbs and flows of this industry. And a lot of guys took, you know, this Corona night COVID-19 money and got out here in this industry and bought these rigs and mm. saw where, you know, where we were doing exceptionally well in this industry. Now you couldn't find you seven months ago, you couldn't find a, a semi on a, a, uh, on a dealership lot. Now they're running over. Yeah. <laughs> now you, you, so, you go by, you go by an auction lot now. And, uh, I can't remember what that big, uh, auction company is. Oh, Richie brothers. Yeah, Richie Brothers. You go buy a Richie Brothers, half of it is now trucks, where it used to be like heavy equipment, construction equipment. Now it's like half of it's trucks, maybe a line of trailers. And you, you go to the website the day after, and you, and you look at these prices, and it's like, dude, I could buy three trucks now while one truck cost me a year ago during the prime. Well, and since we're talking about that, I want to touch on another OTR solutions you know, solution. So, you know, guys, they OTR came up with the uh, Truckify. And I was one of the first with OTR to actually get a truck through their financing program. And this was before the balloon bur- burst with the trucks being tripled the value of what they really actually are. Mm-hmm. So I bought three trucks from uh, Penske in this program. Actually, I got a total of five through Truckify. And Guys, when I tell you the ease and simplicity of having, you know, my factoring solutions through OTR, the the truckify payments through my trucks through OTR, because I don't see the the truck note, it comes out automatically. As long as I'm factoring my invoices, then those truck payments get paid automatically. So, not to toot my horn, but guys, I paid for three trucks in eighteen months, and I'm on the doorstep with like a $10,000 balance with one of the, uh, the fourth truck that I got through them. Um, and it's just been a great, great thing, man. I, I just tell, I'm just so thankful and so blessed to have been able to connect with OTR. And then when they opened up this new program called Truckify, it, it immediately was a green light for me to go grow and expand the business. So when I went from that one truck to the four trucks, that's how I accomplished that. And I paid for three of those trucks, paid them off in 18 months and, that's <laughs> and it was that's, all through, that's awesome yeah it, it was all through those guys um and like i said the p- payments came out weekly as long as i knew those trucks were going up and down the road that weekly payment 
was made and you know I, I didn't have any headaches as you know when you get those go to the mailbox every day you got a mailbox full of bills as an owner operator of a fleet of trucks <laughs> that's not a real good well, feeling not a real good mm-hmm. feeling at all so you know for me you know I, I they take the the prescribed amount of money out of my um factoring settlements weekly and those that that pays my truck knows i don't matter of fact my truck note they they were ahead that's i paid those trucks off so quickly you know no one understood how but you know that's that's just what i i was able to accomplish i was paying more so i got them paid off faster so what's the plan going forward from here then right now uh, i'm waiting on to see what happens in q1 of next year you know this is a midterm election so mm-hmm. once we do midterm <laughs> in um in november then you know cuz trucking I, I don't know why or how but you know every well most industries based are based off of what happens in the election so we'll see what happens with the election in november and then i'll wait to the end of q1 to make some businesses on whether to continue to grow or just stay where i'm at right now and just you know live live the best dream i can now with the amount of equipment and drivers and trucks that i have so you said you got uh, three drivers total with you right now so it's you two other drivers and some other trucks. So you're just you're just waiting until next year uh, to see whether or not you bring more people on. Right, right. Because we're, we're, I mean, like I said, to 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 profit, you know, less than five hundred dollars on a piece of equipment. As we all know, how much the maintenance and tires cost for a truck. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't see it being economically feasible. And the good thing that I have going for myself, my equipment is paid for. Everybody can't say that. So yeah, I can ebb and flow and pick and choose what I want and what I what I will or what I won't do in regards to the market itself, because I don't have the debt to, you know, the debt on top of my business. And I tell anybody that gets in this industry, you know, if you have a a truck payments and any debt that you have that can come to an end, get that debt paid for as quick as you can, because as volatile as this market is, you know, if you have a 18, $1,900 a month truck note or, with the prices that we just saw for the past seven months, I'm sure truck notes are as much as three grand a month right now. Mm. So oh, if, yeah. if, if you have those type of payments and you can weather the storm, hurry up and get that stuff you paid for because there there's going to be a brighter day. But you won't be able to weather the storm still making those type of payments. And then everything in trucking, taxation, insurance, everything is on the rise. It stays on the rise. We never get a, a, a default or a break when it comes to the outgoing expenses to this industry. So the quicker you can minimize your outgoing of, of, of debt on the business itself, the more successful you will become in this industry. And one other key point that I want to share with people, you know, not everybody that has this dream or ambition of being a, a owner of a fleet of trucks, um, the 85% is told are companies of one to 10 trucks. But as an owner, if you want to be in this industry, make sure you find somewhere, sometime, somehow to get your own CDL. So mm. at worst case scenario, when all falls apart, you can stick the key in the initial that truck and drive it yourself and not just go total belly up in this industry and rely on someone else because drivers are always looking for that next best opportunity when you're, when, when, they all, as they say, the grass is green on the other side. So people are always looking for something better. But if you're in control of your own destiny in this business, you'll be okay. You know, and that reflects 
really well on you know drivers you have under you too you know nobody likes working for some guy that's just got his feet kicked up and then having you do all the work um some of the best companies i ever drove for were owned by current and former drivers themselves you know um when I was hauling munitions, the, the guy that uh, owned the company, Steve, you know, probably once a month or every other month, he'd get in the truck himself and uh, and drive around. So that, that, you know, it's nice to know that you're working with somebody who's been out there, who knows the lifestyle and isn't going to leave you out to dry. Oh, yeah. My guys are pretty spoiled, man, because, <laughs> they, they, you know, I put myself in a place. You know, I'm a driver as well. So at the end of the day, we have a breakdown. They're not there suffering through that breakdown for long. You know, I'm I'm getting it resolved, getting it fixed, because I understand how it feels to sit on the side of an interstate or wherever, broke down in a mm-hmm. truck. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not a real good feeling. And not all breakdowns are the same. You know, if you got a couple flat tires, you can at least keep the truck running. But if the engine's broke down, you know, and it's 90, 95 degrees outside, you're you're hurting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We've all been there. Uh, Burnett, uh, where can people find you online? And you know, uh, what's that great website OTR Solutions help you set up? It should be because uh, we're we're doing it right now. We they send me over the domain choices, uh, but it should be the number four T S O N Logistics LLC dot com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we're going to uh, wrap things up here today on the Back to Truck podcast. Uh, we- we want to thank our partners, the uh, OTR Solutions, uh, for uh, setting us up with this interview today with, uh, with Burnett. And uh, once again, you know, I'm James Rister Bowen uh, here with uh, Justin Super Trucker Martin, and we will catch you guys down the road. <laughs> <laughs>